Welcome to the Limitless Athlete Podcast by Mindset RX. I'm your host, Tom Foxley, and you're listening to The Debrief, where myself and Rachel Burnett, our head coach, will discuss the key lessons and insights gleaned from the Limitless Athlete Podcast with Matt Fitzgerald. You can listen to the show in isolation as a kind of distillation of the major points of the interview with Matt, or you can listen to the interview and follow it up by listening to the show. It's your choice. Now, let's get on with the show. So where I want to start this one is with this idea that, or the, the quotation of, I saw myself as a coward, a weak man. Um, we seem to be talking about identity time and time again. Like <laughs> that is a collection of beliefs wrapped up as absolute truth, which yeah. is an identity. Um, what did you think when you heard him say that? Ooh, I honestly, it really resonated with me. It really How resonated comes- with me from, from my personal experience. When I first began CrossFit, it was with the intention of rewriting the story from my childhood that I was weak and helpless. So I grew up in an abusive home, had post-traumatic stress disorder. I mean, really, really felt very worthless and very weak training for me was an opportunity to explore how strong and capable I could become. But when I first started CrossFit, I had that initial phase where everything was learning and everything was great. And then you move past that and you're suddenly confronting that old belief of like, you're not capable. You can't do it. You can't keep up with everybody else. You don't belong here. Again, we're talking about belonging. So We talk about this a lot. We come into the gym with the intention of rewriting our non-serving stories, but we accidentally end up reinforcing them. Mm, Nice. Can you give me an example of that outside of what we just spoke about? Just to put you on the spot. Can you give an example? Mm, That's that's a good (laughs) question. Okay. So so what about nutrition where we start to, you start working with a nutritionist and it's like, or just even like following a macro tracking app or something like this. And you start to see like, oh, quick results with kind of not very much effort to begin yes. with. And it's like, oh, cool. Like I'm, I've just started tracking a bit or I've just implemented these small, simple changes. And you get kind of 30% towards your, your goal that you have. And it's like, oh, it's all going smoothly. And then progress plateaus pretty quickly. And you're like, oh, now I need to do something more difficult. And that more difficult thing makes you, well, this is something that I personally haven't struggled with, but I've worked with so many athletes that have this kind of struggle. It's like, I'm reinforcing that I'm not good enough to make this change. And I'm always going to be the fat kid. I always was the fat kid. And therefore it's my truth. It's who I am. And then that gets reinforced by this kind of, this, struggle the difficulty and not having the tools to overcome the mental aspect of it or the mindset aspect of it yeah we expect that getting into the gym and pushing ourselves 
is going to make us better at things through exposure therapy. So for me, wall balls were a really big source of anxiety because I struggled with them. Mm. Anytime wall balls came up in a workout, I would make this bargain with myself. You're going to do all the reps. What did that do? It made me really anxious. Mm. I gave myself this like very hard expectation and the result of which was I didn't do all the reps. I cut the reps. Mm -hmm. So in putting myself in that anxious position, demanding a certain result from myself, I reinforced a story that I wasn't good enough and I wasn't strong and capable. Mm. I say, using that same example with warbles and then you, because we know exposure therapy does work if done correctly yes. and if, if done compassionately and progressively, like what is the change that you could have made then, or you would change now if you're going to struggle with the same thing again, a more progressive approach versus all or nothing. Again, perfectionism dictates that there's one right way to do something. If we don't do it that one way, then it's bad and not good enough. So coaching athletes now in a similar way, it's, you don't need to do it all. What's better than yesterday. How is it? How can we make it 1% better? Just do one more wall ball than you would have done before versus all of them. And this requires us. Yeah. Like this requires us to step back and do some work slightly outside because it's unlikely that in a typical box environment you're going to be um you're going to be given the opportunity to practice wall balls for a month with one rep today two reps tomorrow three reps the day after four it's not going to work like that or the same with box jumps or the same with whatever like heavy overheads if that caused you an injury before um it's like the example that is always used when talking about exposure therapy is the idea of being fearful of needles. And the first thing, like the first thing to do isn't to run up someone with a needle and jab them in the arm and says, see, you're fine. But because that is a traumatic experience. Yes. Um, it's to, it's to say, okay, here's a photo of a needle. Can you look at this photo of a needle and you'll look at it until you're bored. And then maybe the day after it's to bring in the needle to the office, put it over in a corner of the room and just, you glanced it. You're in the same room as needle until you're again, until you're bored of it. And yeah. you're again, I'm going to kind of um, paraphrase Jordan Peterson here. The goal isn't to find out that, that the task is easier than you think. The goal is to figure out that you are stronger than you think. And that's the lesson within it is that you are way stronger, but you've just got to find a way to, to access that and whether that's box jumps, whether it's wobbles, whatever. To prove it to yourself, but again, not in that non-serving way of all or nothing thinking. That was very nicely put. Cool. Thanks. Thanks. Um, Yeah. That all or nothing thinking, it interrupts so many athletes growth. It sure does. Almost regardless of their level of athleticism or their ultimate goal or their origins or their sport, anything. Um, yeah. Or even whether they're in, uh, they're an athlete at all. Yeah. It's like this. I absolutely have Business to succeed. Owner. Yeah. Business owners. Yeah. 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 Or um, yeah. Personal trainers. I've got to have this many clients. Yeah. Like, I've got to have this many hours. I've got to reach this income. Like we see it time. I have time. this many followers. Yeah. 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 
I should have this perfect abs where I could just progress towards abs. Uh, yeah. Oh, good yeah. old abs with the, the abs conversation. We, we're hitting impasse at the abs. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that was, I found an interesting point. What did you hear in the Matt Fitzgerald podcast? I wrote this down as a quote because I thought it was really, um, I thought it was really poignant, especially for CrossFit athletes. Toughness can be a kind of laziness. We want it to be the solution to everything. And why is that so interesting to you? Because a lot of people think mindset is just mental toughness, like beating your head into the wall until you get it. And again, we, we talked in another episode about self-loathing and using, uh, using that to fuel performance and it's very non-serving. It has very limited applications to long-term high performance. Mm. There's one athlete that we've both worked with. She's been in the DMG for quite a long time, very successful CrossFitter. Mm -hmm. Um, and I remember the first time we spoke about her joining digital mindset gym, she was like, I just need to be mentally tougher. That's yeah. my objective. And I, I need to like, that's, that's what I need out of this. Yeah. And over the years, as she's progressed more and more, the mental toughness she's got, and she's incredible at it. And she's proven that time, time again, but it's the square peg for the round hole. And now she's getting exceptionally, okay, I'm going to develop other character skills. I'm going yeah. to build on all these other things. And I think you probably know who I'm talking about. Um, but yeah, she's doing incredibly well right now because she's yes. no longer using mental toughness as the only tool. Yeah. Well, mental toughness is very simple. It's mm. do it. Mm-hmm. No excuses. <laughs> and there has to be some amount of balance this does tie into one of the other pieces uh, that I wanted to bring up. Is that okay? Yeah, go for it. Yeah. yeah. So another thing that he says shortly after is uh, the the act of benign shaming or using the example of someone who has overcome the same obstacle that you're facing and kind of saying, what's your excuse? That has very serving applications but because specifically it builds a skill called internal locus of control. Internal locus of control is the belief that we are the masters of our fate and it builds on self-efficacy, which is the belief that we have the tools and resources that we need to overcome obstacles and achieve goals. So it's very based in agency. When we can see someone else who's done it before and say, well, what's your excuse? That's serving. But on the flip side, if it's again, based in self-loathing versus, versus a gentle reminder that we're more capable than we think we're, we are. Nice. nice. The result is very different. Okay. I want to link back to the original piece there yeah. um, because I think it kind of, it wraps both of those points up nicely. Yeah. Mental toughness when does that become a problem Mm. when we're just using it to do what? Yeah. Mental toughness becomes a problem when we are always on, always pushing. So we, we refer to that as forcing Mm -hmm. forcing is, you know, that you're forcing when your mind is so tired and busy, but you're making yourself 
work at a high level anyway. And you're getting to a point where you're overwhelmed and anxious might be injury prone, especially if it's happening in the gym, it's always like, do more. If you're not there yet, do more, keep going versus tuning in to what body may be telling you. Yeah. So the skills that with rest. Oh, exactly. Right. Yeah. So the, the skills that we need to develop, which is like the antithesis of the stereotype of a crossfitter. Yeah. Self-love, compassion. Yeah. Forgiveness. Um, rest, forgiveness. Yeah. All these kind of things. Like it's actually to look at it as a kind of a Taoist thing. It's a yeah. bit of yin energy. Yes. To your yang energy of like masculinity or the 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 um the mythological archetype of masculine energy. So like do act, push, be aggressive, yes. all useful, very good things to have. You're yes. not gonna exist in the world without those things because you'll just sit there being nothing. Yeah. So you need you need some drive, you need to do something, but yeah. you also need the feminine, the typical, the archetypical, uh, archetypal fem- feminine energy, easy for me yeah. to say to be nurturing to rest recover to regenerate um and that is a very tough thing for some crossfitters especially powerlifters olympic lifters actually a lot of just high performers generally it's quite a difficult thing to practice yes i'm reading a book now peak performance and it is specifically on the science behind balancing stress and rest Highest performers balance those two things. They're not always pushing. I believe Stephen Hawking is quoting it. So a writer, a couple of writers are quoting in it saying, when I have to take a break, that's the hardest part of my work is when I'm not allowing myself to keep pushing. So if any listeners are finding the idea of resting more or uh, taking more time to be reflective and uh, have fun and play, it's not easy for us in our culture to do that. Yeah. I yeah. typically, I've, I've really struggled with that as well. Like I, 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 we speak to a lot of people who do, but like, that's, it's something that I find difficult to go and take some time off work. Like I've got some very ambitious goals for mindset Rx. I've got yeah. some very ambitious goals for myself for training mm-hmm. and to sit there and do nothing and just mm-hmm. kind of maybe sit on my phone for a bit god forbid like be like be lazy and scroll through instagram or um or or just go out for a walk or just do nothing or just chat and have downtime um it's essential for human beings if you look back at how we've evolved Mm -hmm. most of our life was at rest with peak with short intense periods of activity it it wasn't being an automaton producing from not just nine to five but the two hours before and after yes. it wasn't this constant and then sleep shut off instant rest it yeah. was these kind of undulations of of output and input yes absolutely yeah mm. where should we go next oh here's the thing that i found very interesting yeah 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 um the point that Matt mentioned about so many favorite athletes, oh, sorry, favorite athletes' performances are those where they failed because they truly found their limitations. I found that interesting. Yes. Um, I am not an elite performer and I yeah. racked my brain trying to think of like, where have I done that? But the th- when I think back to, I did Brazilian Jiu Jitsu for 
two years, not very long, but I got okay at it. The things that I loved was when I was right on that edge of being pushed and being pushed and being pushed and being pushed. And I remember one time when there was this guy who was a purple belt, I was a blue belt. Um, so one belt rank above me. Um, and he would always just give me enough where I had a chance, but like, but barely. And I was always fighting for that. And that was the thing that I found interesting. And he always crushed me in the end. Um, <laughs> but, but it was such a fun experience to be pushed like that. Mm, yeah. The act of meeting ourselves in that place can be very, very rewarding. Tell me what you mean by that. Well, you don't find out who you are until you're on that borderline between where your experience lies and where your inexperience lies. That's, that's where we feel the most alive mm. yeah, yeah. when you're on the edge of uncertainty. Yeah. When have you done that to the best like, or when, yeah. When have you best employed that tactic in training? In training or competition or athleticism as a whole? Mm. I had this, my, my favorite competition experience was in a partner competition. The workout was devastating. It was, I'm going to try to remember exactly what it was. It was two rounds for time, uh, of a 60 calorie assault bike, 50 toes to bar 40 snatches and maybe 30 lateral burpees. So very you split the work between the two of you, however you wanted to, but it was completed like a chipper two times through. And I can remember being on the bike the second time. And my partner and I were in such a state of communication and flow that we would go right to the brink of where we knew that we were going to slow down and we were pushing hard. So we go right to the brink of where we we're going to slow down and then switch. And there was no verbal communication about it. It was purely like, you're working as hard as I can, or as you can, I'm working as hard as I can go, go switch off. Uh, that that's my favorite experience. That's the hardest that I've ever pushed in a workout. And it was a moment where I saw my, I met myself there. I wasn't there. I felt like I was outside of my body and not present in the moment, but looking back on it, I could see that I was my best self. Yeah. When you're dancing yeah. on the board, it was in chaos yeah. and order. Yeah. Yeah. Place to be. Yeah. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Um, Do you have any other points that you think were really salient from Matt's podcast? Mm. Along the lines of what we, of what we have the idea that enjoyment is performance enhancing. Mm -hmm. So there's this, there's this false. And again, I think this is extremely true of CrossFitters. There's this false dichotomy um, where we can either work really hard or enjoy what we're doing. And the more that you're working hard, the less you're going to enjoy it. There's it's either one or the other. It's this strange, like scarcity thing. There's a, there's a balance, but when we enjoy what we're doing, we can actually work harder. Mm. Yeah. yeah. What do you, what, what do you think the story is behind that dichotomy of it's either hard, it's either going to be hard and hurt, or I'm going to enjoy it. I think it's this idea that 
which again, there's truth to it that we have to sacrifice in order to fulfill our goal yeah. or to fulfill our potential. Yeah. So there's truth in that. Like it's, it doesn't come easily. Like if you're going to do anything worthwhile, it's, it's going to encourage, it will encounter some difficulty, but that doesn't, you can't keep on adding sacrifice in order to add more success. Mm-hmm. There's a point where the other piece, the fun, the enjoyment, comes the the multiplying factor um the thing that comes to mind is when i brought this up with emily rolf and like what do you think about this idea that you kind of have to like sacrifice or you have to sacrifice your mental health in order to succeed and you could see her kind of thinking oh like this doesn't compute like i don't understand what you mean and it's just like i don't think i've ever met anyone like that and i think it's because it was went so far away from what she's learned and taught herself that it was just like that is incomprehensible yeah. Isn't that interesting? But we see it all the time. Mm. Yeah. yeah. People resist play and people lose the fun side of training. Mm. Right? It's typically around that point when you start to take it seriously, where you start to have some expectations of yourself, where you start to think, okay, I, I'm, I'm capable of doing pretty well in this. And yeah. I go to a few comps. And it's like, oh, I'm going to start training six days a week now instead of three days a week or four days a week. And I'm going to really track my macros. And then the fun slips and guess what? The performance slips. Yeah. yeah. How, do, how do we help athletes rebalance that and find the fun again and find enjoyment? Yeah, really good point. I like yeah. the process of becoming aware of that thing and then trying to find fun within the um, within the original. Like some people say, oh, remember where you started. Remember what was over. And like, Yes. And also you've developed since then you've grown since then your objectives have changed. Um, I've personally have used the idea of like, I want to perform well at CrossFit, but I find climbing really fun. I find for some reason going out on quite long runs, really fun and energizing. So it's like, I put some of that in, um, when we're working with Brent, uh, Brent Vikowski, obviously a very high performer within the CrossFit world. Very high. Um, we have this um, understanding that he was always going to play guitar or he like little known, he's quite a good painter. So he does a bit of art here. Um, So like that kind of thing, we put in fun outside training because if it was going to be like, okay, I want you to do something physical, find some fun. I Mm -hmm. think there wouldn't have been the, it wouldn't have been serving completely. So we found fun elsewhere, um, but little bits of fun made it into his training as well. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Again, balance. Thank you for listening to The Debrief, partner episode of the Limitless Athlete podcast. We'll be following up each episode with these quick and applicable summaries. So make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on upcoming episodes. These will be with CrossFit Games athletes, coaches, authors, and other inspiring people who help you find your next level of mindset growth and performance inside and outside of the gym. If you can leave a five-star review and share the episodes with your friends, that'd be awesome. So see you next week with another mindset-shifting interview and a debrief episode to follow up.